0: Filmmakers and genres that consensus has deemed important, and thus I have created this podcast to document my journey into cinematic edification. This month I'm exploring some offbeat Christmas films as recommended by Alonzo Duraldi of the Linoleum Knife podcast, and this week I'll be talking about John Ford's 1948 film, Three Godfathers. Now, if you were paying attention to uh, the last episode and the introductory episode with Alonzo, you'd be thinking, hey, aren't you supposed to be doing less than zero in this episode? And so that is uh, there one of two things I have to apologize for. Um, the minor one I'll get out of the way is uh, because it is December and it's finally getting cold here as of the recording of this episode, which is December 18th, um, yes, it is finally uh, getting cold, so my radiator has decided to turn itself on sporadically, so you may uh, be getting some noise interference from uh, my good friend and um, occasional co-host pre-war radiator heat. Um, Now, the bigger thing, and the thing that I have obviously already addressed, is that, yes, this episode was supposed to be an episode on uh, the Brett Easton Ellis, or or the adaptation of Brett Easton Ellis's Less Than Zero. Um, Unfortunately, I did not do my research until it came time to sit down and watch the film and, uh, you know, expose myself to it so I could write notes. And it, it wasn't until then that I sort of realized the availability was an issue. Um... When I was doing the recording uh, with Alonzo, I looked it up online uh, on this website called Just Watch, um, and it did list that it was uh, available uh, on Amazon through Stars, or yeah, or or through Stars and Amazon. Anyway, um, and normally when I see that, it, it just sort of means like it is available on Amazon, but also um, it is free, or it's available for a rental on Amazon, but it is free if you have a subscription to Stars. And a lot of times you can, those. Two subscriptions will kind of merge. their synergy. I don't know uh, exactly how it works, but it was the same thing with millions, where if you had a Stars subscription, you could watch it for free on Stars, but then also um, through the Stars app on Amazon, I think it what it is. Um, and so I just assumed that that was going to be the the same thing with less than zero until I went to to watch it last night and actually realized no, uh, it can't be rented on Amazon at all. The only way you can watch it. Is if you have a Star subscription or a Star subscription through Amazon. The rental on Amazon option was not an option, and since I did not have uh, a uh, Star subscription and didn't necessarily want to sign up for Stars just to watch less than zero, I figured, well, I'll go to Plan B, which is three Godfathers. Because even though there was an order that Alonzo recommended everything in, they were not necessarily serial or um, concurrent, so I could figured I could you know kind of jump around and so this episode is on three godfathers and because of the change um in the title and the change I'm also replacing less than zero with a different title the good thing about uh corresponding with Alonzo before actually settling on the three titles was he gave me a long list of movies that he was thinking of talking about you may have remembered that from the introductory episode there it is. You may have remembered that from the introductory episode that I, I told Alonzo I caught me off guard a little bit and that I thought he was recommending certain ones and he gave me these three instead. So the good thing about that is I had a lot of uh, backup ammunition, if you will. So I'm doing three Godfathers this week and I'm not going to be doing less than zero at all. Instead, uh, for next week, instead for next week's episode, I'll be covering the uh, comedy Trapped in Paradise, starring uh, Dana Carvey, John Lovett, and uh, Nicolas Cage. Um, that will probably be posted um, around Christmas Eve, if not the 23rd, then definitely on, on Christmas Eve the 24th, uh, because I just wanted to make sure that it at least got out before uh, Christmas because in my mind, even though, you know, the Christmas season goes until we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany, that's just me, um, I still wanted to get it out before Christmas because who's really going to uh, be listening to a Christmas episode after Christmas? I, I realize I'm a little bit of an anomaly, so not everyone's going to be doing that. So apologies for uh, the change. Um, this is Three Godfathers. Next week will be not less than zero, but will be Trapped in Paradise, uh, which I think is going to be a fun little uh treat Christmas treat if you will to kind of wrap up the theme and the holiday season basically so apologies uh for that sincerely last time you may remember uh there was also an availability issue with Alonzo in which uh, he recommended one that wasn't streaming uh, at all and that was I'm going to say Alonzo if you're listening to this sorry that was your fault. This time though it was my fault. I just saw something and assumed and didn't look too deep into it until it was too late. So here we have um a change in schedule and covering of three godfathers which um was <laughs> I'm sorry for using this word again, a delightful little film. Um, John, uh, John Ford, as I, you may remember, as I said with Alonzo, uh, this is only the second John Ford movie I've ever watched. The first one being the man who shot Liberty Valance, which is a wonderful movie and a, a, a great movie. Um, but also one that I think probably should have been better saved until I had, uh, dug into John Ford a little bit more because it definitely is a movie where he's sort of, um, Subverting some Western tropes and a lot of Western tropes uh, that he himself popularized, Uh, so it's sort of more of an advanced class on John Ford. Um, Still appreciated, but I'm sure I would appreciate a bit more when I kind of knew what he was working for. So this is my only my second John Ford movie, which is a little bit insane considering how influential uh, of a director. John Ford is, um, Ingmar Bergman called him the best director in the world, Hitchcock said a John Ford film was a, was a visual gratification, and Orson Welles said, I like the old masters, by which I mean John Ford, John Ford, and John Ford, so here I am talking about, um, not Stagecoach, because I haven't seen it, not Grapes of Wrath, because I haven't seen it, not The Searchers, because I haven't seen it, not How Green Was My Valley, because I haven't seen it, but instead Three Godfathers, which from what I understand is, um, one of his uh, lesser titles. It was one of the lesser John Ford titles, sort of, um, one of his uh, films that he returned to after World War II, after he had been um, working for the government and making documentaries, um, also of which he uh, was quite good at, and from what I understood, won Academy Awards for that as well. So um, even though I wasn't, uh, you know, even though I'm, I'm not intimately familiar with John Ford, he's a filmmaker that... I should probably cover on this podcast. So if I have any um, listeners out there, film critics, film bloggers, um, film podcasters, or just film enthusiasts, and uh, you, you might want to cover John Ford, drop me a line. You do movies badly at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Anyway, um, no, I'm sorry. Pre-war radiator heat. You, I, I don't want you to be a guest on this podcast. So just keep your mouth shut, please. Um, so even though I'm not intimately familiar with Ford, I also wasn't ignorant of him, and, and sort of had an, uh, an idea of of sort of what to expect. And that may raise some red flags to you because I have talked in depth on this podcast about how um, the film or, or the film going and film watching experience can sometimes be not ruined, but tainted a bit by expectations by going in and expecting one thing and getting something else. And so this is a situation where I went in expecting one thing and got something else, but not in a necessarily bad way. Um, I did, you know, kind of know I was going to come in and be like, okay, it's, it's John Ford. So I can probably expect some, um, epic sweeping Vista visuals, um, of the, you know, of, of, of the West, maybe Monument Valley. I know he likes shooting there. Um, uh, probably, uh, you know, metaphors for uh, a, a, a progressing or changing American society, um, and then themes of oppositions, which is, you know, the the, uh, the Wild West or civilization or um, Native Americans and Caucasians, that kind of thing. Like I know these were the things that he sort of really dealt with. Um, and then I sat down and as I was watching Three Godfathers, sort of realized not a lot of that applied um to this as as i as i have already said three godfathers is a good film but sort of thought of as, as one of his lesser titles if you will um a western in many ways um obviously also taking place in the west first and foremost but not one like the searchers that is going to be studied or that's going to necessarily um be held up as an example of the genre commenting on something um and uh not not one that even myself could get to snooty about in terms of analyzation and picking apart but of course I'm going to try and analyze it and picking apart because that's what I do um, but the 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 biggest thing I think in which what I did not expect was I expected a film which was going to be gravely serious um, somber and maybe even a little bit bittersweet in how it ended I mean I knew that we had John Wayne in it and so John Wayne was sort of the quintessential American hero the American good guy um, so I was expecting this good guy to be good and uh, just, you know, there's going to probably be some death, but there was probably going to be something, some type of struggle because it is a Western film and you don't really have too many, uh, back in the 40s from what I understand, you don't really have too many comedy Westerns or um, bright, light, happy Westerns, you know, sort of a um, a genre that took itself very seriously. Um, And I got a a comedy. (laughs) I, I got a film that was actually quite... Uh, that had a lot of levity, that had a lot of humor, and that had John Wayne as a villain. Now, he is a, a villain with a heart of gold. He is a protagonist. We are following him. We are invested in his journey, but he is a, 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 a villain. He is a bank robber. He starts out this film um, a selfish guy who is only in it for, well, not in it, but in the movie for one purpose, and that is to rob a bank and to get money. Um, and then at the end of it, uh, has this, uh, this character arc in which he redeems himself and becomes sort of a, a, a selfless father figure who has won the hearts and minds and respect of, of, the people around him. So he is very much a John Wayne, uh, villain, but he's still a villain. He's still a bad guy. He, uh, when he meets, uh, the, uh, the marshal who is going to be, um, pursuing him later in the film he laughs at at his name he kind of is very sarcastic and, and condescending to people uh, not the least of which to the, the two people who he is um, uh, planning the heist with and so we we, we had a well I had sort of expectations that were sort of subverted and, and it was it was it was sort of interesting because I was like okay what wh- where's this film going now um, and was uh, quite surprised by the direction that it uh, that it took me in. Um, now I, I, I knew, um, I, I should, I should also say that another thing, uh, that, that surprised me about it was, um, not just how funny it was, but also how overtly spiritual it was. And I'm not, I'm not saying that in, in a bad way, but I'm just more saying that in the sense of, I, I didn't, once again, didn't really know a whole lot about John Ford, uh, and his movie. So I didn't really know what to expect. I, I kind of assumed that, um, when it came to the quintessential American Western genre, um, it, it was sort of a a, a godless land. Uh, you know, sort of out in the wilderness, you know, the, the, the outside of the Garden of Eden uh, of civilization, you sort of have godlessness, violence, you know, martial law, basically. Um, and maybe that was uh, foolish of me to assume so, but I just didn't expect it to be so so spiritual, so optimistic. Once again, I came in here sort of expecting a, a quite a self-serious, um, maybe even cynical title. And then what I got instead was something that was humorous um, and, and optimistic and uplifting and very affirming of spirituality and Christianity to begin with. And now, once again, while I don't think that's a bad thing, I don't think it entirely works either um but i guess what that's what what surprised me about that was once again didn't really know much about about john ford about his politics about his theology about anything like that Um, did a little bit research and found that uh you know he was a a big fan of fdr um and on top of that during uh when mccarthyism was kind of sweeping the nation and and there was a, a lot of uh skepticism around hollywood and specifically under under a microscope in regards to who had communist sympathies he was also um uh, firmly um, antagonistic towards Cecil B. DeMille, who, who wanted a, um, an oath of loyalty um, to be taken by a bunch of filmmakers. So you sort of have this guy who seemed like he was a very progressive, um, liberal individual, and yet later on in life, he was also uh, quite a big fan of, of Richard Nixon. And um, there was a lot of speculation about him being a, a Republican even early in his career um, because of his relationship with, uh, with John Wayne and, and Jimmy Stewart. Um, and I, to be clear, I'm not calling him a bad person or, or, or trying to cast uh, a, a derogatory light on Republicans. It was just this thing of I, I didn't know didn't know anything about him, and so it was kind of surprised when I saw this uh, mainstream Western genre film that was so affirming of spirituality and Christianity. Um, being someone who identifies as a Christian, I was a little bit, you know, kind of a, a pleasantly surprised by that, except in how it's um, executed, which I don't think. Um, Uh, is great um and 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 i think uh but i still think that this film is is a good film and, and and is is ford has done an admirable job with it because of how he balances these surprising elements or these elements that surprise me of the levity of the comedy and of the spirituality with the elements of a film which is so still quintessentially a western um and not just because it takes place in the west though that is certainly um, a big part of it um that i did like i said i did get those sweeping grand vistas and it was uh wonderful even though the film is you know in a four by three ratio it's still shot in technicolor so it is um and and his blocking and his camera work is really quite admirable you, know, you really get a, a great sense of the language and the grammar of cinema watching this um, even if it is maybe a little bit old-fashioned and you have the master shot the push-in for the close-ups and the conversation back and forth and the back out it still is um remarkably well done it's very efficiently shot and very efficiently edited and of course you do have um the cinematography from um Wynton C. Hoch is it I don't know if it's Hoch or Hock H-O-C-H is his last name but he was um, a longtime collaborator with uh John Ford he shot The Quiet Man uh The Searchers uh, uh she wore a yellow ribbon and so you do have that quintessential open sweeping visual language, uh, that even I knew John Ford was known for before I even watched anything from John Ford from, uh, there is sort of this, this fascinating blend of, of a beauty and a, and a, an intense danger of the landscapes in which these take place in these, uh, you know, the, these sand dunes and these Rocky mountains and this cracked earth. And like, it is, it is beautiful to look at, but it's also just, you see these characters trudging through and they're, Sweaty and they're warm. This is, I shit you not, this is, even though this is a Christmas movie, it's the first Christmas movie I can ever remember watching that made me so thirsty. And I don't mean that in a sexual way. I mean that in a, oh my God, I want some water as badly as these characters want water. I need a drink right now because of how effectively Ford was not just directing his actors, but shooting this landscape and sort of seeing the physical toil and the labor that they are going through trying to escape. From these marshals who are chasing after them, it was—it's incredibly evocative, and it, and it is once again, you know, there this uh, what what the the themes that the western deals with of going from like there are civilization and then there's wilderness in between, and then civilization is the escape, is the the destination, is is the the respite um, from this from this journey. Um, it, it, it was, I was trying to, and and what I was trying to do was. As someone who is a Christmas enthusiast, um, uh, but admittedly one who has a kind of more, I don't even want to say narrow, but sort of a specific picture of what Christmas looks like to me, having always grown up in, in the Northeast, in the New York, New Jersey area, you know, it's sort of uh, Christmas has got to be cold, there's got to be snow, there's got to be Christmas trees around. Um, there's got to be carols all over the place and then you see three Godfathers. it takes place in arizona where the sun is always out and high and hot and um you know it's just it's so it works i don't want to say it works against but it's so not what i'm used to from what you, you, you sort of think of as a quintessential christmas movie or christmas imagery um that that I was, I was I was my brain was sort of trying to reconcile what I was seeing with what I'm used to, and what I found myself doing was um, almost trying to imagine how close this is to a a a, a, oh, a winter movie which sounds weird but in the sense of just replace the sand with snow and the journey is basically the same thing. It's still a trudge, it's still man versus nature and the struggle of like with every single day and every single step they just get weaker and weaker and I was trying, especially during the sandstorm uh, in which the, they, they lose the horses, I was just kind of imagining it being a snowstorm and with the visuals, uh, it, it almost has sort of this whiteness to it where you can sort of uh, fool your brain into thinking they're trapped in a snowstorm. Um, it is still a man against the elements. And and I was sort of thinking of, of hey, how, how close is this to just um, instead of them trudging through the desert, trudging through the snow, uh, trudging through a, a frozen tundra instead of a, a baked and burnt out um, wilderness. And, and I think I and I think that 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 helped me enjoy it because um otherwise I think the Christmas elements of this film can seem rather extraneous I mean I, the, the film takes place at Christmas and, and as you may recall when I was talking with Alonzo how we were we were defining a Christmas movie was something in which um the narrative was incited by, or something significant happened, uh, revolved around the Christmas season, and in this, you certainly have that, um, because uh, what 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 originally, um, you know, the the information you originally get from um, uh, Hightower speaking with um, Pearly Buck Sweet um, is uh, Pearly is is waiting for his, um, I believe it's his daughter or his son, uh, but he, he's waiting for family to come into town. For Christmas, basically, um, and uh, when they uh, when they ultimately find uh, when when Hightower and his uh, his uh, merry band ultimately find uh, the woman in the in the uh, the covered wagon who has had the baby that is um, the party that uh, Pearlie was expecting to meet. Um, so Christmas is sort of inciting uh, the action, you know, before the the movie starts. It, it is putting the gears in motion. Um, but aside from that. This movie could have really taken place at any time of the year and really around any holiday. It wouldn't even have to be any holiday. It could have just been a, a kind of a, a quintessential standard Western. And I guess the pushback on that would be like, well, what about the spirituality? What about the religious allegory or, or metaphors or allusions or whatever you want to call them? And and, and my response to that would be, I, I don't think they work very well. I mean, clearly, you know, I I went into, once again, thinking this is a Christmas movie, it's called Three Godfathers, and what's the first image that's going to come into your mind? The Three Wise Men, obviously. And that is, certainly seems to be what the film is going for, uh, but it it doesn't, but, but if you think on that too much, if you analyze that too much, it's sort of, the metaphor sort of starts breaking down, because yes, you have three characters who, to a certain extent, follow a star, and for the purposes of taking care of a of of a newborn baby but that's really kind of it um and 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 okay now look I I don't I don't want to be a Grinch I don't want to be uh someone who takes things too literally and kind of say like well actually and 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 start tearing you know tearing this apart um but I, I think to 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 kind of play out that metaphor of the three wise men or, or that story, it doesn't make a lot of sense not just because of the details, but just because of the the larger kind of grandiose themes. I, I, I mean, the the whole not, I don't want to say the point of it but the, you know, with, the, with the, the three wise men kind of ultimately finding the Christ child and bringing them gifts, I mean, it's it, it's sort of by Making the the wise men characters the one to ultimately be responsible for the well being of the Christ stand in, I suppose this this little baby, you um, know, um, it, uh, it, it sort of, I don't know, removes both the, I don't know, it changes the agency of the three wise men characters and also um sort of eliminates uh the or, or not even eliminates but changes drastically the role of um mary the mother of jesus I, I don't know maybe maybe i'm i don't know i i i maybe i'm being a little bit too literal in the in the analyzing of it but it just because it, it, it's also just the thing of uh, i mean if you change the town name also from new jerusalem to anything else then that's There's also not much like it it doesn't seem like the the three wise men um, metaphor was inherent in the story as much as it was sort of change later or stretch to kind of fit uh over a pre-existing story later because i know that this is based on something else um i well it, it's a remake of an earlier silent film that john ford made but i believe it was based on a novel or something that was written beforehand and so i i haven't read that i don't know what the original material is i don't know what it says i don't know if that um spiritual element existed in the source material but i just don't think it works entirely well here um I mean, I guess you could take any any real offbeat Christmas movie and say anything like Batman Returns could take place around any other holiday, um, or not even on a holiday, really. Or Die Hard didn't have to take place around Christmas. And so I, I realize that my argument is it does not necessarily hold up under scrutiny, um, but I think it's more of just uh, because I don't think the three wise men uh, illusion entirely makes sense, and also... Um, even if you did that the other comparisons to uh, uh call outs to the 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 Christmas nativity story um are really sort of superficial and not really important um or or I should say uh yeah i, I I'm sorry I, I don't even entirely know what I'm saying other than um just having three male figures whose primary goal is to ensure the praise and well-being and uplifting of a newborn baby uh, doesn't necessarily make it a a successful spiritual application. Um, Because I think if you if you do say that and take that on its own terms, then you also have to say that there are also three wise men, uh, illusions or, or equivalency in in three men and a baby. Um, which I'm also not entirely comfortable saying is a good, uh, spiritual, um, allegory, if you will. So, um, now that I've just said all that and have seemed to shit on three Godfathers and it being a spiritual movie, or a good Christmas movie for the last, I don't know, 10 minutes. I should say there was some stuff that I still really liked about it, including things that I liked about it being a Christmas movie, which is first and foremost the redemption story. That's something that Alonzo talked about in the introductory episode, and it's it's something which is a, a common trait in a lot of Christmas stories is that idea of redemption, right? I mean, Ebenezer Scrooge, A Christmas Carol, a number one example right there. Um, Ebenezer Scrooge, a miserly old guy, gets visited by three spirits at the end of the movie, has turned over a new leaf. Movie, sorry. Novel, movie, whatever you, your first exposure to it was. Um, has turned over a new leaf, has redeemed himself, has, um, keeps the spirit of Christmas in his heart, loves his fellow man, um, goes from selfish to selfless. And you have that redemption arc in Three Godfathers. And not, do, not only do you have it, it's done remarkably well. Um, because of many reasons, um, not the least of which is, it is a fantastic performance from John Wayne. I didn't even know John Wayne had a humorous bone in his body, um, no pun intended. Uh, but he is, he's believable. He's 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 funny. He is charming, um, and at times he is also gravely serious. I mean, he's making fun of of of, uh, of Percy i'm sorry is his name percy or is, is it pearly i'm sorry pearly i keep calling uh, i keep calling him Percy, but um he's making fun of him at the very beginning he's condescending he kind of believes that he is a superior he is very selfish and then at the end he made a promise to this woman that he would take care of of, of his of her baby you know with her her last dying breath that's what she asked of him and, and he fulfills that vow he upholds it he looks out for his his uh his uh, his comrades um pedro and uh, and and uh william kearney the abilene kid um he's a noble man by the end of it who is guided by his morals and his principles and who has put him his, the, the life of this baby ahead of himself um and so in wayne fluctuates back and forth between being really comical i mean him you know the three of them like bumbling around trying to figure out how do we feed this kid? How do we clean this kid? Should we bathe them now? No, let's wait a let's wait a week. Like a week. No, we got to bathe them now. We can fit him in this little bit. And it's just it's kind of these three bumbling criminals who don't really know how to how to take care of anyone other than themselves and suddenly they are thrust in this position where hey, we have to take care of this living thing. And why? Because they made a promise, because they made a moral a, a moral commitment to it. And also because yeah, maybe they're a little bit of a selfish, they're, they're godfathers now, and they keep referring to it as their godson, and, and, you know, well, I, I, I gotta take care of my godson, there's something in it for them now, all of a sudden, as well, um, because they, they don't have the money, they don't have water, so they have to ensure that this child is, is okay, um, and on top of that, the, the writing is really great, too, this is a wonderful script, um, from Lauren Stallings and, and Frank Nugent, and, uh, Nugent was a, another, Regular collaborator with um with John Ford. Um, the script is great in the sense of like uh, the stakes are not just they're very clear from the beginning as to what is at stake here, and they are they remain very clear and they keep building up. And with every scene, something has happened in which the narrative cannot go back; it has to keep progressing forward. It's a remarkably efficient script. Um, uh, and and I, I wonder how much of that existed in, um, in this it, from Stallings' contributions to how much of it may be of Nugent's contribution, because Nugent, being a regular collaborator with John Ford, I'm sure kind of knew what he was looking for, what he's going for, and what may have been added and changed and a lot that kind of stuff. But, um, I mean, like, it, it starts out simple enough. Okay, three guys rob a bank. One of them gets shot. When they try to flee, they realize all of a sudden their water supply is gone. Okay, shit. So now... Not only do we have kind of a ticking clock because this guy is injured he might be bleeding out he might be dying we have to take care of him but then also we need water so then they start going somewhere for for water but up the marshals one step ahead of us we can't go to that place so you have to go to this place now so we find this place we find the place where there's the covered wagon but then that water supply is gone and now there's a baby well now we have to take care of a baby and we need to find the water because it's doubly important now because now there's this little life and, and just everything builds and everything moves forward. And there was a <clears throat> there was a forward momentum and a progress which ultimately um, in which the narrative thread and the emotional thread all kind of um, ultimately come to a satisfying conclusion at the end, which is um, the baby being delivered safely and um, Hightower redeeming himself. Um, it's it's. It's remarkably effective. And, and that 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 redemption story and that idea of, of the transformation from a selfish person to a selfless person is exactly what we kind of look for and hope for from any good Christmas movie. So I don't think the spiritual elements necessarily worked very well, but the heart of the story is still there. I, t- I was about to say it doesn't have a soul, but it has a heart. It does have a soul, but I hope you get what I'm saying in that um, I don't think the the Christian allegory really works out so well, um, but I still think it's a it is a a satisfying christmas movie because of that that idea of peace on earth goodwill towards men um season of perpetual hope it 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 succeeds in that regard and i think it is remarkably uh, effective and and quite emotional um and 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 once again i can't say enough of how good john wayne is and how funny he is the 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 recurring jokes in this the recurring jokes are so fun not the least of which you know you have the uh Um, the character Curly who just can't see, poor guy, he cannot seem to get this mule to cooperate with him. And then even just, uh, you know, they, the, the name of the kid, the running gag with the three of them, um, we have to take care of little Robert. And then, and then, uh, um, then, uh, Abilene kid chimes in, uh, Robert William, uh, and then Pedro chimes in, Robert William Pedro. Um, and you just kind of have this running joke where they're always like building and correcting themselves and just, and kind of, um, playing with it and but it but that levity doesn't take away from what is at stake and what is at stake are are also human lives i mean the abilene kid eventually dies and pedro gets injured and he eventually puts you know puts himself out of he kills himself because he is injured and he's in the desert and the police are after him and he they have no water and it's just it does such a good job of once again the narrative momentum and the emotional momentum just kind of in parallel going towards, uh, progressing towards something at the same time, um, with a, a, a satisfying conclusion. And also, uh, one way that I think, um, it, it being a Western film, uh, emphasizes or, 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 supplements this, this, the, this, the emotional heart of it, of it being a Christmas movie is this idea of, um, one thing that, that, you see a lot of in, in Christmas movies. I mean, in, basically in most Christmas movies and TV shows, this this idea of togetherness and family and getting together with people. And, um, you know, you don't have a whole lot of Christmas movies that end with someone being happy that they're, that they're celebrating on their own. It's all someone being brought into a fold, uh, people being forgiven, people traveling long distances of, and being together. But it, it is that idea, that word over and over again, together, 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 together. And that is something which is very important in a Western as well, because one familiar element or trope of Western is this idea of the city or the town as civilization, as hope, as a respite, as, I don't want to say peace, but I I guess as sort of um, a shelter from the world, from the wilderness, from loneliness, basically. Um, And in the end of this movie, you have uh, Robert Hightower um, as basically part of a family. Um, you know he maintains that he is a godfather to to little Robert William Pedro, um, but then uh, you know his his aunt and his uncle are welcome him back, of course, after his prison sentence is done, and the the town embraces him, the family embraces him, and he is part of something. He is no longer a lone criminal wandering through the wilderness. He is part of this family. He is part of this town. He is together in a group in a group which is also named Welcome, the town of Welcome, Arizona. And so you do kind of have that sense of, once again, a redemption story and uh, a journey to be together, to be with family, to be with a a family structure. You have that. And so um, at the end of the day, while I, once again, don't think the spiritual elements necessarily work, I do think it still has the heart of a Christmas movie. And because of that, I thought it was... um, uh, quite a, a delightful, um, enjoyable little film. Um, so I, as I as I did say, this one is more readily available than Less Than Zero is. Uh, this is available for rental or purchase on both Prime and iTunes. One thing I noticed as of last night when I went to rent it, it was um, a 14-day rental instead of the standard 30-day rental, um, which I found a little bit strange. But then looking at the calendar today, I, w- I was sort of realizing or wondering if that was because Um, the film is going to be out of the Amazon library at the end of the month, uh, because as of watching last night, it was, uh, December 17th and the rental for 14 days, would, of course means that it would, that the, the rights to it or, or the, the, my rental would expire on December 31st. And I wondered if that had anything to do with the fact that it was, um, going to be leaving the Amazon library at the end of the year so. If you are going to watch it or re-watch it on Amazon, keep that in mind that um, you might not have the ability to rent it after December 31st. So if you're going to watch it or rewatch it, you should probably do that soon. Um, yeah, uh, there was something else I was going to say to end it, and I forgot what that was. So I'll just end this episode in the standard way, which is um, always curious to hear what you think. Um, you can email me at you movies badly at gmail.com, follow me on Twitter at Nolan Teeth, catch up on back episodes of I Do Movies Badly at battleshippretention.com or on i dot podbean Follow me on uh or, or the the page, I guess you could say, at um Facebook.com. Um and find I do movies badly. Um but that does it for three godfathers. Um be sure to tune in next week where I'll be Wow, I can't believe uh, Christmas is almost here. Uh, yes, it's only, what's my math, seven days um, away. So be sure to tune in next week where I'll be wrapping up the month, wrapping up the theme, wrapping up the year with um, Trapped in Paradise and we'll hopefully I will be just a little bit less ignorant.